Hello and welcome along to episode 52 of the All Things Leeds podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre, and joining me, as ever, is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, mate. You alright? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sad. I'll be sad to chat about the game on Tuesday night. Yeah, it's been a much more positive week, hasn't it, this week? Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of good news off the pitch and finally some good news on the pitch after a few dodgy weeks. Yeah, yeah. We'll, of course, be discussing why it's been such a positive week. There's loads to discuss in this episode. We'll, of course, uh, be discussing Tuesday night's game, which saw Leeds United beat Millwall 3-2 at Ellen Road in some style as well. We'll be discussing that. We'll also look at how the Leeds United under-23s, under-18s and women's teams have got on this week. There's also plenty of news and transfer news to discuss as well, and we'll be looking at uh, all of Leeds United's transfer business over this past week. And then we'll be looking ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Wigan Athletic at Ellen Road this Saturday. This is the All Things Leeds podcast. So, uh, no Leeds United game at the weekend, which uh, was quite nice, to be honest. I quite enjoyed a nice stress-free weekend, did you? It was quite tranquil, wasn't it? Because uh, <laughs> everyone else, like, obviously other championship teams played and all the Premier League teams, some of them played. And obviously there was the FA Cup fixtures, wasn't there? So, yeah. and, but there was no Leeds game, so I could enjoy all the other football without having my weekend potentially ruined, yeah. which is a nice change. <laughs> Not that I don't like watching Leeds, but, you know, when they do let me down, <laughs> I can't really watch the rest of, you know, Premier League and Championship football because it kind of thinks it just gets me kind of a bit wound up. But this week, no, no football at the weekend, so I could I could enjoy it and I could also enjoy the fact that we would have 10 days rest for our players. Yeah. Uh, on the weekend's results, though, <clears> there were some nice results that I quite enjoyed. Of course, it was FA Cup fourth round weekend. Uh, West Brom beat West Ham uh, 1-0 away, so they have another game. And they, uh, they lost. <laughs> Um, a giant into a red card, so he's going to miss a couple of games. Yep, and uh, yeah, they have they have another game still in the FA Cup, so that's going to help us really because they're going to have more games, we're going to have less games, so our players will be a lot more fresh. Uh, Man United as well, they beat Tramie Rovers six 0 away, so other Gunnar Solskjaer still in charge there. Yeah, they, they went on about the way they went on about. You'd think they'd beaten Barcelona six 0 <laughs> in the Champions League final. I mean, but, it was Tramie, and they played their first team. Yeah, but it does. Just give Solskjaer another few games to do what a terrible job he's been doing, just continue that. So, uh, yeah, quite, quite nice for Leeds United fans, uh, yeah. really, the results at the weekend. And, yeah, it was a stress-free uh, weekend for Leeds United, but Leeds were in action on Tuesday night, of course. Uh, let's get straight into that game then. So, Leeds United uh, beat Millwall 3-2 at Ellen Road after being 2-0 down at half-time. The Leeds players showed grit, fight, determination, to turn the game right around and get the three points. What performance, what a win, what a game. It was a great game, very entertaining uh, for a number of reasons. Frustrating, exhilarating. I, it was kind of a, a, the whole kind of spectrum of emotions over the game. There was yeah. anger, grief, disappointment, <laughs> and then excitement, hope, and then extreme worry. Because I, I remember turning around, <laughs> turning around to you... And uh, about the 85th minute and saying, oh, I'm just I'm begging you, Lee, stop throwing this away. <laughs> I mean, it was a fantastic game for the neutral to be watching, but for Lee's fans, oh, it was nerve oh yeah, it was nervy. It was really was nervy. And I, I, obviously we'll get on to an incident later on in the game where I thought when we had the chance to remove all stress in the last 10 minutes of the game and we completely fluffed it. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, um, but it was a fantastic game, really. You know, really intended, especially in the second half. It, it was a fantastic game to watch. But the officials did try their best to ruin it completely. I've never seen worse officiating than this. Never mind this season. Never mind at Ellen Road. But I've never seen worse officiating than this in all of my life. And I watch a lot of non-league football. 
as I mentioned on the podcast before, I do media work at Fazer Celtic. Or, or watch a lot of non-league football, and I've never, I've never seen officiating this bad ever than what happened on Tuesday night. Darren England, the referee, absolute joke. All the officials were joke. It, it was horrendous. He was, yeah, he was awful, and the Lionels were awful as well. But you know, you know about we've seen some dodgy performances from the officials in the past. Like last season, the Brentford home game, you know, with Peter Banks, yeah, and the uh, partner Shanston ended up with a one-match suspension for for complaining about the officials how bad they were yeah but yeah this was this was awful I mean the amount of times are we, I mean are we going to go through each incident I mean yeah I mean it was an absolute joke so first of all first half click had the ball running towards the goal obviously gets taken down it's, it's blatant it's, it's, it's a, it's a back well, challenge yeah. clear that he didn't get the ball it should have been a yellow card and a foul but the referee said oh no no foul play on definitely should have been a, should have been a free kick there and the moments later Leeds United win a corner the referee awards a corner and then the referee probably had the best view of out of all the officials. The referee had the best view of the ball going out of play. You know, he did. I don't think the officials would have talked to him as well and told him to change his mind because you know the referee had the best decision. So first of all, if three officials are telling the referee, "Oh no," it's, it's, on, it's a on goal multiple kick, occasions but, as well, the, the Linos didn't actually. You're supposed to point. To, the Lions are supposed to point to the corner flag with their flag to, to signal a corner to the referee. They didn't do that. What at is any the point job of the, the Linos? What is the job of them? They never communicate with the referee and they never make the wrong decisions. No, the ref- bottle jobs. The, re- the referee made all the decisions in yeah, that game. The they, o- they, 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 the, wait. the only decision I saw the Lino make, you know, a positive decision for us, was Jed Wallace's handball at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lino signal facts. The ref didn't give that. The Lino gave it. Yeah. But yeah, they weren't pointing to the corner flags. I mean, uh, they would wait for the referee to, to make his decision. And then they'd be like, theirs. oh, yeah, ref, yeah, yeah, you got it right. When there. it's their job, because to, to, they're much closer to the action, yeah. to, to point to the referee and tell him what should be going on. <laughs> Yeah, that is their job. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the incident that, that was going on about though, so he gives a corner to Leeds. He had the best view view of it. So if the officials, other official, telling him, "Oh no, you got the decision wrong here." First of all, he should have been like, "No, I'm the referee. I had the best view of this. It's definitely a corner." But he changed his mind from a corner to a goal kick, and I think it's probably because the Millwall players all surrounded him, screaming in his I've, face. I've never seen anything like that. that- Neither how can I. you make? How can a referee make a decision and opposition players speak to the referee and he changes mind? That just shows you meant you you're weak and that, that and if you yeah. do that, especially at the start of a game, all you're encouraging opposition players to do, Millwall players to do, is to be in your ear exactly. on the off chance you'll change a decision in yeah. their favour. It's a sign of weakness. It's a it's a sign of weakness. The referee gives a corner, changes to the goal kick. You know, pressure from the Millwall players. It's a sign of weakness there. And then later on in the first half, Dallas has a has a really good shot on goal the goalkeeper clearly saves it and the referee says nope goal kick <laughs> I mean it's cl- <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even marginal I mean the ball changed direction so much because Dallas hits it kind of centre left of the it's goal. a fantastic save from the goalkeeper and the, as the well the keeper saves it a good save yeah. but, but he puts it around the post and you think alright decent save corner and he, <laughs> I couldn't believe it <laughs> and he gives the goal I couldn't, I couldn't believe it um, why are, why are the Lionels or anyone why are they not saying oh referee you got I mean, this wrong gear I mean, Pablo Hernandez goes over to the referee and says look at that screen you've made the wrong decision yeah. he looks at the screen and says no I've yeah. clearly made the right decision there and uh, LS11 another fan channel that I do uh, some some stuff for they released the Bielsa cam footage and all the coaches on the touchline go to the fourth official and say look at the screen Look at the big screen. I actually found the Bielsa cam footage funnier when we scored because Mesley were just going sick on the pitch. Oh, yeah, Mesley by high five in the West yeah. End. Yeah, but I mean, this decision was just bizarre. Clear, clear corner. And then he gives the goal kick. Why don't the other officials, if they've seen it, why don't they tell the referee, oh, yeah, you got that wrong there. It's actually a corner. That is their job. Exactly. That, they, they are shirking responsibility. See, like, no one was don't. communicating. The referee was delusional. Delusional. He wasn't delusional. He was just weak. 
But yeah, it, it's it was weak. He, he showed, he showed weakness because he showed weakness towards the Leeds fans as well. Because in the second half, he was giving a few fifty, a few more fifty fifties our way to yeah. try and balance it. Whereas you shouldn't have to balance it. You and, should just be consistent. And uh, Millwall manager Gary Rowett he said in his press conference after the game that at half time, probably Victor Auto or someone had a word with a referee, and in the second half, referee you know clearly you know was was trying his best to you know try even the game out a bit. You know, make it a lot more even than. Well, it was in the first half. So the referee is clearly weak. Darren England, the referee, is clearly weak. He's stupid, and he can't referee another championship game, you know, for, for quite a while. No, he, I imagine cause... they'll they'll do what they did to that. Whoever refereed the Millwall game away at the Den got such a such a telling off from the from the FA, and then got yeah. bombed down to League One. Yeah, and Darren England needs a telling off from the EFL. The EFL need to lock this referee, Darren England, in the room, show him. The goalkeeper saving that and go, do you want to explain why you gave a goal kick? <laughs> Just do that. I mean, the, the officiating in this league is an absolute joke. For the championship, one of the best leagues in the world, one off the Premier League, to have officiating this bad is an absolute disgrace and the EFL needs to sort it out. Well, there's no accountability for referees either because they, they don't get interviewed before after games. They in Australia, they do. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't they need to do it, yeah. Like, I imagine that'd be hilarious with that. Interview Mark Dean, but you know that's 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 another thing. But if you interviewed refs after games and said, "How come you made this decision? Why didn't you give this decision?" and they actually gave reasons, then you'd you'd respect it more. But they yeah. don't. They, they leave the pitch and you never hear from them again. Yeah, exactly. It, it's an absolute joke for officiating in in this football league. And having England the referee and all the officials from the Millwall game even, they were horrendous. You, even if they do get punished after the games and get bombed down to League One or get suspended for a few, a few matches, you've still lost those points. Yeah, we've lost points this exactly. season. From Naki Wells handballing it, Lewis grabbing and fouling someone on the halfway line, and then and then shouldering it into the goal. Have you felt tell us afterwards? Oh yeah, we we, we got that wrong. <laughs> it yeah. should have been a different the, decision. The, the penalty down at Fulham, where Ben White is puts the smallest amount of pressure yeah. on on the, on the Fulham. I think I think it was Mitrovic. I wasn't sure, uh, but anyway, they, they give given a stupid penalty. The Millwall one. The amount yeah. of points, a potential point we've lost this season from stupid refereeing yeah. decisions like is de- mental. Like decisions could be the difference between you get promoted and and staying in, in the division. You know, yeah. decisions are, are the difference. So uh, VFL and the officiating in this league is a joke and. Something needs to be done about it. But let's move on to the to the game then. Of course, uh, Legion United were without 24-year-old midfielder Calvin Phillips as he is currently suspended, suspended for the next two games. Um, as expected, he also said in his press conference ahead of the game, Ben White played in Calvin Phillips' role. At times, I felt that we, as though we missed Calvin Phillips, but overall, I, I don't think we did too bad without him. We are quite weak at centre-mid at the moment. I have noticed that. Yeah, We, we do get, tend to not always win the battle because when we had Forshaw and Calvin and, and Click in the midfield, we tend to more often than not win the battle. But Dallas is often a little bit too far forward in the attacks or he's not close enough to Click or close enough to whoever, whoever's playing Ben White or whoever, whoever's playing the defensive midfield position. There's often a bit of a disconnect. So we, you did see it a few times that we did get counted in by Millwall. Yeah. So that, that that is a little bit of a concern. Although in this game, we say that Ben White played the, the DM role. It seemed to me like we were playing Alioski left back, Cooper, White, yeah. Ailing. It and kept then, on and then changing da- a Dallas bit. was in the DM, it seems. Yeah, it kept on changing, didn't it, during yeah. the game? Uh, I mean, it, it's really confusing what, what system Bielsa does half of the time. So um, who knows? But I don't think we did too bad without Calvin Phillips. Of course, it's better when he's in there. But I don't think we did too bad in this game. But of course, it was a dreadful first five minutes for Legion United. Legion United were all over the place. Millwall came at us and, of course, took the lead on four minutes. Uh, Sean Hutchinson with a free header from a corner. Poor defending in the box for that one. And Millwall took the lead there. I think it was Ailing who just lost it just Hutchinson. just completely loses him. 
yeah. uh, at the back post. He should. He's done it. He's done it a couple of times early. He did it at Luton away. He lost his man at the back post for Luton's goal. He did it at Birmingham a couple of times when we, uh, in the five four. Uh, he got balls just getting whipped to the back post and yeah. people getting round him. For some reason, he's, he's lost his kind of defensive solidity as alien, but he's going. He's much better going forward now. Yeah, he's fantastic it's, going forward. It's very strange. Uh, he's a right back though. I'd rather be better defending. <laughs> but you know, I'd rather win win a game three two than draw it nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. So it's leaving men free at set pieces. It's not. It's not excusable. You can't. We, we play a man marking system. And the point of a man-marking system is that everyone is picked up yeah. and no one is left free. So even if the, the ball is reaching the back post, Aylin should be at least challenging in the air for it, which means that Casillo has a better chance at a save if he has to make one. Yeah. Or maybe you can just put him off enough that he could edit over the bar. But yeah, that was a really poor goal. And yeah. let's be honest, Millwall deserved it because they were better than us in the first five, yeah. ten minutes. We, we were shocking in the first five minutes. As I say, Leeds Ball loved the place. Millwall came at us. Their first set piece and they go win up after four minutes and you're thinking, same old, same old, same old. After that, though, Millwall sat back and defended. They left space for Leeds to attack, but we just couldn't quite break them down. Millwall made it very difficult. We did miss a few chances, though. Patrick Bamford missed a left-footed effort. Uh, that was saved. Alioski uh, shot clicks, uh, just clicks wide. the bar as well. And Cooper had that. I'm not sure there was a 1-0 or 2 but Cooper had that header, that free header in, in, from a corner. Yeah. And Anders' corner, and he, he heads it straight, the Olkowski. Yeah, but on 23 <clears> minutes, though, Millwall were awarded a penalty. Alioski making the foul in the box. Definite penalty. I think, but in the build-up though, Ryan Woods picked up the ball for Millwall on the left-hand side, and the ball clearly went out of play. It went well out of play, and it should have been a Leeds United throw-in, but play went on. Millwall, of course, were awarded the penalty, and Jed Wallace stepped up and scored it despite Kikuk's here uh, going the right way. But I mean, it should have been a throw-in in, in the build-up. Again, an example of poor fishing. Yeah, <laughs> not giving it again. That goal doesn't stand in the Premier League. <laughs> just doesn't. VAR. Yeah, VAR picks that up immediately. <laughs> Not that I want VAR, because I hate VAR. Yeah, I, 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 what I want is good officials. I, I don't think it would be possible in the Championship VAR, really. You know, it would cost a lot more money. Um, I, I don't think VAR is ever going to be in, in the Championship, but it's poor decision, for, you know, officiating here. It should definitely be in the least for him, but of course it wasn't. Definite penalty, though. It was clumsy for Malioski there. And um, yeah, Jed Wallace stepping up to give Millwall a two-nil lead heading into the second half. And yeah, and they they run over to the east stand to celebrate. <laughs> and I've never seen so many missiles thrown at a bunch of players ever. There was, From the family stand as well. Yeah, I mean <laughs> coins. I saw a bottle of Iron Brew get launched. There was all sorts. There was bits of paper. All the Millwall players were picking picking up off the floor <laughs> and showing it to the referee. <laughs> what what I didn't get was the captain was having a word with referee. I was like, what's the referee going to do? Send off all the fans? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't condone. Throwing, throwing stuff yeah. at players but at the same time if you are taking the piss and celebrating in front of opposition fans should expect you're, it you're, you're, you're asking to get hurt I mean your Millwall players <clears throat> you must see it every single well, you're week not asking to get, you're, you're asking for a reaction yeah. that's what you're asking for oh exactly asking to get hurt is the wrong way yeah. to say it you're asking for a reaction and especially when Leeds fans you're 2-0 down in a bad mood and you're running over celebrating in the face when you could easily run they could run the left of the pitch and celebrate in front of the away fans yeah. you could easily do that and <clears throat> given they were Defending that area anyway, they could easily run that way. Yeah, but exactly. They, obviously, they don't want to go back into their own half because then leagues can kick off again. So they so they celebrate in front of the East Stand. Yeah, because they think they'll be all right in front of the family stand, <laughs> which they weren't. <laughs> it happened later on in the game as well. That one over the corner, Jed Wallace. Corners, Jed Wallace got a, 
a coin pinged at him. And he just stood there showing it to the referee. It's like, come on, mate, just carry on with the and game. And uh, he goes over to Moan, and the response of the South Stand on the Cheese Wedge was the chant, you soft southern bastard at him. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah, so it was It was kind of, it happened all game, and I imagine we'll be getting some kind of penalisation. Yeah, probably. But The EFL will turn around and slap us with a 20-point deduction or something silly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Millwall players should be punished <clears throat> as well, because... They incited it. Yeah, they if incited you, it. I mean, I remember... The Millwall players, they should know what, what's going what's gonna to happen. Yeah, but the Millwall is not well liked. I mean, even teams have got no rivalry against... I, I mean, I already mentioned it in this podcast already, but Brentford last season, when Morpay scored his penalty and ran over to the South Sand, he got absolutely hailed with miss- missiles. Yeah. Because he'd scored at the South Sand, he could easily run to his own fans. Yeah, um, I mean, if they don't want it to happen, just don't incite the fans. Simple yeah. as that. But yeah, Millwall turned up uh, heading into the second half. But Leeds United... I don't know what Bielsa did at half-time. He must have 11 rockets because he shoved one up each player's arse. Uh, Leeds United were absolutely brilliant in the second half, completely tore Millwall apart. That first mm. 20 minutes in particular was yeah. devastating. I mean, you could definitely tell who had had a 10-day break and who had played a Premier League side three days beforehand because Millwall looked shattered. Leeds United were superb. A great start to the second half, of course, three minutes in on, 58, on 48 minutes. rather. Uh, Leeds United scored from a corner. From a corner, it was the second phase from a corner, but still, from a corner, um, it went in Harrison's close-range effort was saved into Patrick Bamford, who tapped home from about five centimetres out. It was it was very very close, and uh, yeah, it was two-one um, uh, to Millwall. The comeback was on at two-one as well. Kiko said made a fantastic save to deny uh, Bradshaw, kept us in it uh, really. Kiko, that was a really good save. Though. Yeah, Kiko said had a really good game as well. To be honest, it was, just, it was very end to end the game. Yeah, it was, it was a very end to end. Casilla did make a few saves. Yeah, and that save to deny Bradshaw, fantastic because that was at two one. If they had scored that, the, you know, the game would have been out of sight really for yeah, us. I think. Much um, so he kept us in it there. Leeds, of course, equalised in six two minutes. Pablo Hernandez with a shot. It took a slight deflection off the arm of someone. I think if the, if it wasn't a goal, it should have been given as a handball. Really. It wouldn't have been given as a handball. Um, yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't have. Um, we, we were getting nothing. But yeah, Pablo Hernandez with the shot took a slight deflection to take it beyond the goalkeeper and into the bottom left-hand corner to make it 2-2. And absolute scenes when that equaliser went in. It went absolutely mental. Yeah, we all went crazy, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it, this ball, because it was kind of bouncing and slow, it took a while to roll into the corner. Yeah. I don't think their keeper was expecting it to come all the way through. And it, before he knew, it was in back at net. Yeah. And we were all going, <laughs> we were all going yeah, mental. Yeah, I think it just took everyone by surprise. But yeah. um, absolutely fantastic, unreal scenes there. And uh, that was 2-2 and then Leeds completely the perfect comeback on 66 minutes. Luke Halen on the right-hand side delivers a great ball into Bamford, who dives and heads home from close range to make it 3-2 to Leeds United. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was... We probably could have had more, to be fair. We uh, could have, yeah. Uh, but Elder, when, when Elder Costa weaved in off the wing, it went off the bar. Uh, sorry, the, it won towards Bielkowski, who palmed it onto the bar. Alioski at the bar again. We just had effort after effort, and... We had a lot of block. I think Pablo had another block shot. We couldn't. We were absolutely dominating him, <laughs> and they actually couldn't live with us. You could see him like huffing and puffing, running around. Yeah. There was one point. I mean, Gary Rowett mentioned it in his post-match press conference when Alioski ran through about four Millwall players. Do you remember that bit on the out on the left hand side in the West Stand? He got the ball off Jack Harrison and weaved through about four players <laughs> and took us off on an attack. And it, it just showed you how much fitter we were yeah. than they were, and how much more we wanted it than they wanted it. Yeah, I mean, we were superb, and Patrick Bamford. Uh, making it 3-2, his second goal of the game. He's now on 12 goals of the season, hopefully. Um, it, it kicks on now. Um, I, th- I think 
Tony Pulis once called him a, a streaky player. He'd go on streaks of really good form. So hopefully <laughs> this is now a moment where he'll, he'll go and score 10 goals in five games. Um, and, and hopefully he keeps it up and, and kicks on. I would now, love it if he did that. Yeah, I'm not one of them fans that's going to get annoyed if he, if he does well. Oh, yeah. If he don't see Augustine. If he scores a goal in every game till the end of the season, if he scores <laughs> us 17 goals, I'm not going to be sat there going... Ah, but I really wish Augustine was playing. <laughs> like I'm not, yeah. I'm not biased towards players. Yeah. I want whoever's playing up front for us to score goals. To do well. I mean, these were two tappings, but you know, there's still tappings, there's still goals. I'll, we'll take about whether they come. A goal is a goal. Yeah. Whether it comes off someone's ass cheek or it comes off the underside of the crossbar, your bower style, they yeah. all count the same. And Bamford, he had a really good game in this game, really. Of course, scoring two goals, now 12 goals of the season. Hopefully he keeps doing uh, well there. But Leeds United, 3-2 up. What is it with us against Millwall making all these fantastic comebacks? I remember a few years ago, we ended up losing 4-3, but we were 2-0 down with 10 men and ended up going 3-2 up. And then uh, last season, I think we only were, we were only 2-1 down, but we, we ended up winning 3-2. It's fantastic. I actually <laughs> said to me, my old man and my brother before the game, I predicted the final result. Not, I didn't say who would win it, but I said it will it will be 3-2. And, and yeah. you, you can ask him if you want. Cause I, did say, I didn't say it would be 3-2 Leeds, I said it would be 3-2. Because yeah. I knew these games at Elmwood are always goal fest. Down the den, it's always horrible and grindy, and someone always wins it 1-0 or a 1-1 draw or something like that. Usually Millwall win it because we never win down there. Yeah. But up, up at Ellen Road, it's always... It's always Hel- a fantastic helpful other game. It's always a fantastic game. Are we going to talk um, about the? I mean, despite his brilliant second half performance, the Mateus click chance. <laughs> oh yeah, so, one, of the, one of the best moves I've seen. Yeah, I mean, in ages. Yeah, so Leeds United three to up. We, we kept on pushing. We could have scored a lot more goals, especially when Matouche click was about twelve yards out, just for goalkeeper to beat. He just had to slot it into the back of the net. But he ends up skying it. Superb work from Jack Harrison <laughs> as well. He runs through Millwall's yeah. entire team. Would have been a la- fantastic lays, goal. Lays click off, open goal, eight yards out. All he yeah. has to do is literally side foot it into the corner, and he's scoring a goal. Yeah, it would have been a fantastic goal that. But Matash click <laughs> with miss of the season. Miss of the season was awful. Twelve yards out, goalkeeper to beat, just slot it home. It was. I, I got worried because obviously it. earlier in the season we were playing Derby at Ellen Road. We went one nil up, and then we, and then Bamford won a pen, which click. Obviously, he went up and took, and he missed the penalty, obviously. Despite the fact the keeper died the wrong way. <laughs> All he had to do was get it on target. And then, obviously, Dad went up the other end of the 90th minute and scored an equaliser, and we, we, lost, we lost two points there. I was worried that this would end up the same. Yeah. That he would miss that chance, and then, obviously, they brought Matt Smith on, and I thought, obviously, they're going to go try and get as many corners as possible to try and get him in a good position to score. And I was worried that Matt Smith was going to equalise, because uh, I saw Phil's tweet saying in about the 85th minute, Leeds are still pushing forward, which is a good plan, because as long as Leeds are up the pitch, Millwall can't win any corners, and Matt Smith is not in danger of scoring. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was very worried it, yeah. we were going to Cardiff it. Yeah, so was I, but thankfully uh, thankfully that miss didn't cost us, and Matthaus Click, he's not letting that miss chance beat himself down, because he's making a joke about it, it on it, social media, saying, time, if you find the ball on the M1, please send it back to four parts. At the time in the game, <laughs> he, he did put his shirt over his head, he was, he was, he was, he was oh, really yeah. annoyed. But, uh, but after I, think the game, was, I think it was Harrison went over, over to him to try and you know sort him out. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was very angry himself. Yeah, but after the game, after we've mm. we've now won, he, he's finding the, the funny side to it, and he's saying, if anyone finds it on the M1 motorway, please <laughs> send it back to Fort Parch. But yeah, we, we could have scored loads more goals. Leeds United were superb, but it was Leeds United three, Millwall two at full time. But could have easily been six two. It was fantastic. Uh, I think yeah. Mill, a few Millwall fans were saying that Leeds were lucky. I think they were lucky that it wasn't six two because we, no, we, we the, should, the we Millwall fans that I've seen, I mean. 
there was a couple of them I saw who were saying, I don't know what Leeds were moaning about with the referee so much. I mean, they must be blind. But yeah, some of them were saying that, yeah, we just, we just, Leeds were just far too good for us. They were just a level above. I mean, yeah. even Gary Rowett said, oh, they just taught us a footballing lesson. Yeah. We just couldn't live with them. I mean, we, Leeds United really were fantastic. Thoroughly deserved a win. So, yeah, Leeds United 3, Millwall 2, full time. What a game. What performance. What a win. Just. Absolutely think, fantastic. One of my favourite moments was right at the end of the game. I think it was in the last minute, not the 94th minute, when the, Millwall had sent a through ball through and Luke Ayling was guarding it out for a uh, for a goal kick and he was guarding it out to win the goal kick for us in the 94th minute and then he was like giving it fist pumps and, and shouting to South Stand. Was, yeah. <laughs> everyone was cheering. That. I mean, probably one of the loudest cheers of the night was when Casilla caught that corner. Oh, yeah, right minute. again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, get in. Um, but yeah, fully deserved a win and we turn our really poor form around and really important to turn our form around as well because we've been on a downward spiral since that three-hole draw with uh, Cardiff at Ellen Road uh, from the start of December. We've been on a downward spiral since then so really important to turn our form around and, and get the win and a win like that, that'll just pick everyone up, won't it? Yeah, it's it's got the kind of season-changing feel about it. They kind of feel like, yeah, we've had that crappy patch in January. We're now going to turn around and go, right, there's a lot of games in February because there is, there's like seven games in four weeks. It's insane. So we've got a a chance to pick up a lot of points. And, yeah, we we, we can turn it around. We've got a lot of the bottom... A lot of the bottom 10 to play at home as well. Um, Obviously, we've got Wigan coming at the weekend. Anyway, we do have a lot of the bottom 10 to play at home, so we've got a lot of... I don't want to say easier games, but we've... We've played West Brom twice. Got a lot of winnable games. We've already played uh, Fulham once. Obviously, we've got not uh, we've got Forest and Brentford coming up shortly, which is a bit both away as well. So. Both away, which is yeah. a bit, <laughs> we can't re- we need to win at least one of them. But we do have a lot of the easier teams to play, so you'd, you'd like to think we can get Forest and Brentford out of the way without too much damage, and then we can crack on. Yeah, yeah, we really do need to crack on. Yeah, really good to turn our form around. We just need to focus on ourselves and just build on this build on this win build some momentum build a good run together focus on ourselves and just see what happens Calvin misses Forrest doesn't he because it's Wigan then Forrest yeah he misses our next two games so he'll be back for Brentford which is good yeah Um, we'll need him (laughs) yeah we will we will indeed Uh, but yeah we just need to build on this now and and hopefully we do uh, carry it on Um, but yeah we we turn our form around just when we thought the world was over after this win, we're now suddenly two points clear at the top of the championship table and four points clear of Nottingham Forest in third. I just can't believe it, can you? I mean, how badly we've done on points-wise in the last month, I can't believe we're talking about it. Yeah, I don't know it's how hilarious. we've managed it. I do not know how we've managed Ma- it. Imagine, it's absolutely crazy. We have cut, I think it was, at its peak, was it 11 or 12 point lead down to four, so that's how we've done it. <laughs> So we, our early season form helped us, helped us a bit there. Yeah, but how are we two points late at the top of the league right now? <laughs> yeah, that was a bit. Of, it, it's, 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 so, it's so crazy. I also found it very annoying that Sky Sports did an article on how we're falling apart again, despite the fact that West Brom are in much worse form than we are. Yeah, they are. West Brom lost two one away at Cardiff. So if I was a West Brom fan, I'd be I'd be really worried. Right they're in now. a massive tailspin at the yeah. moment. Yeah, they, they just can't quite um, turn their form around like we can. But, yeah, but fantastic to turn our form around. And, yeah, two points clear at the top of the league. Mental. Mental. The championship is an absolute crazy just, we just got to beat Wigan at the weekend because yeah. Forrest and Brentford are going to be very, very hard. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, move on to the game against Wigan at home on Saturday. We'll preview that later on in the show. But first, the Leeds United under-23s, they were in Premier League Cup action uh, last Friday afternoon and they uh, drew two all away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. As Stuart McKinstry brace gave the uh, under-23s a 2-0 lead after 36 minutes, but they went into half-time 2-1 up and, unfortunately, they were not able to hold on to the lead. Uh, but at least it's not a loss. 
At least it's not. Yeah, from what I saw of the game, the under 23s were kind of hitting Wolves on the brick quite a lot, and that's where we got our both our goals from, which is McKinstry nutmegging their their right back and getting right uh, right through and scoring twice. He basically just ran up the pitch and scored because Wolves were putting a lot of pressure on. So a draw was probably a fair result. Yeah, because they uh, I think apparently Myers had a really good game. Made, made a lot of really good saves. I didn't see the the whole game, just on the highlights. He made a few good saves. So yeah, I mean it's it's an it's an away game, but it's there. Wolves are a Premier League team. They've got Premier League money for their academy. I think they're Category 1 as well, Wolves. So, you'd think, fair enough, lads, you've given it a really good go there. Yeah, good good draw away from home. Yes, it's we're Disappointing to concede two after we go 2 a lot, but you yeah. Know. Yeah, at least it's not a loss. <coughs> it's not it's, a loss no. Yeah, so two all draw for the Legion Island 23s there. Also, during the game, we saw an extraordinary miss from a Wolverhampton player. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they were attacking me as it made a save. Open goal to shoot, and shoot, and the Wolverhampton guy sh- shades of Mateus clicking it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I feel sorry for me that he's gonna, he's never gonna be able to forget about that one because everyone will just remind him of how bad that miss was. <laughs> Extraordinary there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two wall draw uh, for Legion United 23s uh, away at Wolves. And the uh, Legion United women's, uh, they lost 4 2 to Brighouse Town at Four Parks last Sunday in the quarterfinals of the West Riding County Cup. Brighouse have a current holders of that trophy. So the less said about that, the better. Hopefully, Daniel Hearn's side bounce back from that defeat. And I want some news. And as we discussed last week, the Legion United under 18s will take on Manchester United away from home in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. And this week, it was announced that the game will take place at Old Trafford on Wednesday the 5th of February so uh, Wednesday next week ticket details will be announced in due course but what a tasty tie this is going to be Old Trafford yeah I've seen that uh, Charlie Cresswell's been uh, tweeting about how much he's looking forward to this one obviously his, his old man used to play for Leeds Richard Cresswell ex-Leeds player yeah I mean it's a it's a big rivalry a big game and, and it's a huge I mean despite the fact that we really dislike that club it is a massive stadium and so it's going to be a fantastic experience for the youngsters to play yeah, at Old Trafford. I'm sure, I'm sure it will. I mean, yeah. um, hopefully we take some fans over there. I'm, I mean, the only thing I'm good about is that it's away. I would rather play in, in Leeds because we get huge numbers of fans and it'd be yeah. brilliant. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping the under 18s can pull pull it out because it'll end up on <laughs> it'll probably end up in BBC Sports or something like that. Yeah, it's it's going, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a fantastic experience for the youngsters to play at Old Trafford. I'm so pleased that the game is at Old Trafford and not some some really shitty training ground somewhere. I'm really pleased that it's at Old Trafford. It's going to be a big game, big, big venue against uh, Man United, of course. Leeds fans, I'm sure, will travel in numbers. Of course, we need, we need to find out about the ticket information, but I'm sure that Leeds fans will turn up in numbers and hopefully Man United fans turn out as well for, for the game and make it really, really good occasion. I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, very uh, tasty yep. tyres, that one. Um, and another news then, could Leeds United be changing their kit suppliers? from next season so the Daily Mail reported last week that Leeds have agreed a deal with German sportswear manufacturer Adidas to supply the club's kits from the start of next season the Mail claimed that it's sold done and will happen regardless of what division Leeds are playing in next season but Leeds Live uh, reported that the Mail's claims are premature and that Leeds are still deciding on their plans for next season Uh, if it does happen though it will be the first time Leeds United have changed shirt suppliers uh, since 2015 when Capas signed a five-year deal with a club and it will be the first time Leeds in Leeds' 100-year history that they will wear the famous three stripes of Adidas, of course. Um, Adidas, uh, the biggest sports manufacturer in Europe, the second biggest in the world after Nike. Uh, now, these are just reports. Nothing's been confirmed yet, but if this does happen, this is massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um it's a very big deal. Obviously, we've been sponsored by Nike um, in the past. We've never been sponsored by Adidas before. So it'd be 
I'm really interested to see the, the kind of kit that they're going to produce. I saw an example of one of the Boca Juniors kits that they've done. They kind of because they obviously Boca Juniors got similar colours to Leeds, kind of darker blue and, and yellow. And it, I I really rate them. They're kind of they're really nice. They uh, make really nice shirts. Yeah, really nice kits. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. As long as we get a yellow kit, I'm sick of not having a yellow kit. I like the yellow kits. Nice, nice traditional kits. Yeah, well, yeah, we always have a white kit, but. Lately, obviously, Kinnear and um, Red Gisani have been kind of going a bit off the rails with the away kits. I mean, what <laughs> colours they want, like black and pink and all sorts of stuff that isn't traditional. Oh, you see that bus seat? Let's make that happen. The, the bus seat. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I understand that they, these kits all sell really well and it's a commercial exercise. So the more money they make, obviously, they'll, they'll make those shirts. But And they say the yellow shirts don't sell that well. But I like the yellow shirts. And mm. it is a traditional shirt. Yeah. Obviously, I'm wearing a white shirt right now, but um, yeah, I, um, I'm looking forward to the kind of job Badadass will do on this, and if, yeah. if they're decent and not £50, I will buy one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course, it, it, nothing's been confirmed yet, these are just reports, but it, it does seem, it does feel like it, it, there's something there, there's no smoke without fire, obviously. Yeah, we, um, Q, QSI, man. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there goes um, your no smoke without fire yeah. argument. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they are just reports, nothing confirmed yet, but Adidas, they're a massive company, as I say, the biggest sportswear manufacturer in Europe, the second biggest in the world, so you know, if this happens, it's going to be massive, global awareness will increase, it'll bring a lot more money into the club, and of course, us fans will have really nice clothes and kits to buy, because Adidas really do make some nice clobbers, so um, yeah. yeah they'll, be, they'll be chucking it into the likes of Sports Direct, Mike Ashley will be flogging lead shirts, which <laughs> makes me very happy. <laughs> See, it'll be interesting, as I said, these are just sports, but a very interesting story and one to watch out for there. Um, on some transfer news and uh, rumours then, and uh, as we discussed last week, BBC Radio Leeds uh, were reporting that 19-year-old Manchester City forward Ian Pervader could sign for Leeds, and he has signed for Leeds last Friday. Leeds United announced that they had signed uh, Pervader on a four and a half year deal, a permanent deal, keeping him at the club until the summer of 2024. Uh, Pervader was, of course, uh, Leeds' second signing of the 2020 January transfer window after the arrival of highly rated 18-year-old Italian goal Goalkeeper Elia Capril from uh, Italian side Chievo Verona. Uh, we discussed that signing last week, uh, so if you want to have opinions on the signing of Elia Capril, go and uh, listen to last week's podcast. Uh, but in Pervader, he looks like a good signing. He's very highly rated. He's played for a number of clubs throughout his youth career, including Chelsea, Arsenal, Barcelona, Brentford, uh, and of course Manchester City. Let me emphasize Brentford. Brentford. Uh, yeah, um, it was part of that group of Barca uh, players that got signed illegally as a teenager wasn't he and they yeah. had to release him so Brentford picked him up for free <laughs> um, uh, and then of course went to Manchester City now yeah. firstly for a 19 year old that's impressive he's been all over the place and you know you're not a bad player if you've been at for likes of you know Chelsea, Arsenal, Barcelona, Manchester City, you're not a bad player if you've been at those clubs, and he would have learnt a lot from the time at those clubs. So, really, really impressive. 19 year old, being all over the place, really, really impressed with that. Uh, he's also won many honours at youth level for both club and country. He's been capped by England at every youth level. Uh, he is also eligible to play for the Colombia national team. Um, but he's a versatile forward. He can play on either wing or as an attacking midfielder. At City, he featured regularly for their academy side, and after a number of Im- impressive appearances. Uh, Manchester City first team manager Pep Guardiola awarded Pervader's first team debut in January 2019 where he featured in City's 1-0 win over League One side Burton Albion away at the uh, Pirelli Stadium in the second leg of their EFL Cup tie uh, so Pervader it was offered a new contract at City as well but turned it down to find first team football he had interest from Italian side Torino and Glasgow Celtic uh, but he's managed to sign him and he will wear the number 7 shirt 
for Leeds United. So Charles, thoughts on our new on our new number seven? I like him. I do like him. I yeah. mean, obviously I've not seen him yet. But I mean, he sounds good. I mean, he hasn't made many first team appearances, but he, you know he's got a good good track record. He's very highly rated. So I'm looking forward to, see, to seeing what he can do. It could be kind of Pablo Hernandez's youth successor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, short term he's a replacement for Jack Clark, but long term, do, do, do you think he is? A replacement for Pablo Hernandez, do you think he'll have a really good career at Leeds? I mean, Hernandez is obviously taller, a bit more experienced, a bit more kind of in telepathic with his, I may use that word loosely, with his you know ability to spot things that no one else spots, you know, yeah. these these through balls. But um, the, cl- the close control and the skills that this, this kid has, or appears to have from the YouTube clips I've seen, <laughs> obviously we've not seen him in the Leeds shirt yet, he appears to be very, very skillful, reasonably quick. He's... Um, Stuart Dallas, obviously, in, in the pre-match from Millwall, was saying he'd seen he'd been training with him in the murder ball session, and it was it was absolutely running rings around him. <laughs> yeah, and, and he said that he's never seen a player fit into a squad so well that you know that preferred has. He's never never seen a player settle down that easy. Yeah, he he's appears to be, <laughs> make friends quite. He's a sociable lad appears to make friends quite quickly. That he tweeted last night after the game, uh, crediting uh, Bamford, saying uh, plus three points thanks to the postman part, which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he apparently, I mean, I didn't spot this at the time. I heard this on the Square Ball podcast. Apparently, he was hugely celebrating each goal that Leeds scored, especially the the winner and the equaliser running over to Bamford and celebrating. So you can you can see he's kind of getting swept up in it. And Augustine appears was in the stand, and he he, he was saying how good the fans were and how good the atmosphere was, and how good the game was, and how terrible the officiating was. <laughs> These things are only going to endear them to Leeds fans. They, they're going to yeah. Can, the more popular you are the more patience you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. That, that is how it works. Exactly. I mean, it shouldn't be how it works. It should, it should be how good you are, the more patience you're going to get. Yeah. But, like, Pablo Anders gets a lot of patience when he occasionally loses the ball because he'll do something ridiculous. Because he's Pablo. And you'll forgive him. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing both these... Uh, well, obviously, we'll move on to Augustine in a second. I'm looking forward to seeing Pervera play. Yeah. He, uh, obviously, he's had a few training sessions. I, I would love him if he came off the bench uh, against Wigan, as I would love it if Augustine came off the bench against Wigan. Yeah. I, uh, I was quite disappointed not to see Pervera uh, feature against Millwall, not come off the bench there, but, um, you know, it's mad how we made no subs and <laughs> managed to beat Millwall. That, but, was, um... that was the funny thing Bielsa <laughs> was saying in his post-match. I, th- I, was th- I was thinking about bringing... He said, I'm th- I thought about bringing Tyler Roberts on, but I couldn't think of a player to replace... Out of the team at that yeah. point, um, oh, it, it, it was bizarre. Uh, but Ian Pervera, it, it seems like a good player. I'm really looking forward to yeah. seeing him play. Of course, this was the worst kept secret in football. League United fans basically stalked him. <laughs> the, the sat out, the sat outside <laughs> Ellen Road, just taking pictures of him without him knowing. Um, also, when he was in the stadium, getting photos taken. At least fan recorded the flashes that he could see from the window. <laughs> Leeds United I, I fans. I mean, they, they followed him and his family into that Argentine <laughs> restaurant for sender, didn't they? Leeds and took a photo of him ordering some at the bar. Like. Leeds United fans are something else, man. Honestly, crazy. Leeds, Leeds United I mean, fans. I mean, Augustine was, was the. <laughs> funny one because despite the fact that he'd spent the last three days liking all these Leeds fans tweets and it was obvious he was coming to Leeds he then he got flown in a private jet into Leeds Bradford Airport was then driven to a hotel room to have his medical performed rather than Hilton yeah in in the Hilton so the club went to extraordinary measure not to have him follow or had pictures (laughs) taken of him and it was pointless anyway because everyone knew he was signed (laughs) Um, but yeah yeah Leeds United fans something else as well uh, but yeah, as we said, then on Monday, the other worst kept secret was officially announced, of course, regarding 22-year-old French striker Jean-Kevin Augustin. Uh, Leeds have signed him on a loan from Bundesliga side.
alongside Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, Dor Augustin had spent the first half of the season in France alone at league uh, side uh, Monaco, uh, but they terminated his contract there and he has signed for Leeds on loan until the end of the season. There is an option to make the move permanent in the summer. It's a uh, yes, um, four million loan fee, isn't it? And seventeen point seven million pounds. It's twenty one million euros, but it's seventeen point seven million pounds for the activation clause to buy him. Yeah. Should we go up? Apparently late on as well. Late interest from uh, Manchester United, but uh, he turned them down. <laughs> and if that is the case, I love him already. <laughs> did, did you see? There was funny things about this. Uh, first of all, his best mates were Sol Bamba, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and apparently, Sol Bamba and him have the same agent. And Sol Bamba spoke to his agent and, and he said oh, there was never any interest from Augustine or the agent because apparently uh, Man United's pitch to sign him was so disorganised and Leeds' pitch to sign him was so kind of detailed and impressive that he, he was never going to change his mind. Also, Angus Kinnear in his programme notes was saying that he, he didn't mention him by name. He said another club came in to try and sign Augustine at the last minute and they should maybe revise their transfer policy from trying to sign players that Leeds are trying to sign. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a dig about the Dan James yeah. uh, saga. But yeah, it's it's very weird how they keep trying to poach players where buying. Um, and then how much more money have they got? How many more scouts have they got? Can they not spot more? And they can afford much more expensive players than we can afford. So it's very weird that they're following our scouts around the place. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But um, I mean, if, got, uh, if Augustine turned down Manchester United last minute to actually sign for Leeds, I, I love him already. What what a guy, what a guy. I mean, it's, it's been um, reported by that David Ornstein, isn't it? He's kind of Arsenal's. Yeah. I think he reports an Arsenal, but he is like a... Like a Table. He's the Phil Hay for Arsenal yeah, fans. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very reliable, and he said that the uh, Augustine just uh, turned him down. <laughs> Wait, which apparently, is, apparently which he turned down uh, Brighton and Crystal Palace were interested as well. Yeah, but he had to sign for Leeds United, though, didn't he? I mean, you saw it on Twitter. He liked pretty much every single tweet that said, "Oh, Augustine's coming to Leeds," or "I'm really looking forward to seeing Augustine play for Leeds." He liked every single tweet. Yeah, I really hope he he can take a bit of grief because it appears like he's very active on social media. So <laughs> if he if he has a bad game, then he's very active on social media. You kind of think, because some players don't go on social media whatsoever. I don't think, I think Stuart Dallas just doesn't go on at all. Well, I think sometimes they just have teams who say, oh yeah, just, Stuart Dallas will just ring someone up, say, oh, I can just tweet this out for us. Um, yeah, I, I imagine so because he, Augustine, was tweeting in perfect English, but the the guy doesn't speak English. He speaks he only speaks French. <laughs> as as you'll see if you watch his signing interview, he speaks it in French. He yeah. So you have to assume he's got someone who can speak English uh, typing out his tweet. Yeah. Either that, or he's got an extremely good translator, <laughs> uh, translation machine on his uh, on yeah. app on his phone because <laughs> it, it was perfect English, and he was obviously giving the refs a bit of grief. But with all the tweets that he was liking, though, if he didn't sign for Leeson, then that would have been. Awful. I think if, you, if you went on to sign for Scum, that would be the, the most shithouse move of all time. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been. But thankfully, Augustine signed for Leeds. Uh, thoughts on our new striker then? Well, I haven't seen anything of him yet. It, uh, click rates him highly. Yeah. Um, for, uh, well, he's very highly rated. I mean, he's been on the books at PSG, of course, at Monaco, Red Bull, Leipzig, and now, now Leeds United. Yeah, um, he's had a bit of trouble getting in front of uh, the likes of Timo Werner and people like that who were just very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> and he had trouble getting into the team in Monaco. But I feel like. The championship is perfect for him because he can kickstart again because obviously he came up with Mbappe through the French uh, international uh, ranks and kind of under-18, under-19, under-20 and, and so forth. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if he can kickstart at Leeds and maybe the championship, if he can if he can drop down to a second tier, score a bunch of goals, get into the Prem, that might kick him on and we might we might have a really good player around. Yeah, but he's also he, a, a proper club now as well. He, yeah, I mean, or there's also the chance that 
we have spent a, quite a lot of money on a player like, you know, obviously they mentioned, the, they said this on the square ball, like, like Dominic Solanke, you know, who scored a lot of goals at youth level and now cannot score. Yeah. I really I really hope we don't have one of them. But uh, it does seem like he can score, though. A lot of the, um, a lot of the YouTube complanations, I know that you, you shouldn't really look into that too much, but he does look a fantastic player. He looks really pacey, has a really, you know, really good right foot. He knows where the back of the net is. He looks fantastic, very highly rated, and I'm really excited about this signing. Really excited about it. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do at it, Leeds. He looks like the kind of guy who will need regular game time, though, which is where the the yeah. Bamford issue is going to come in because Bielsa will not play him together. Yeah, I mean, of course, Augustan comes in uh, as a replacement for Eddie Nketiah uh, after uh, Nketiah's loan from Arsenal was terminated at the beginning of the month. So we needed a striker. Finally, we we, we did replace him. But uh, yeah, will, will Augustan get in the team? Do, do you think ahead of Bamford at any stage? I mean, as long as Bamford's scoring, no. But I don't care if, if he doesn't get in the team if Bamford's scoring. But I would like to see Bielsa... Shuffle the pack. I mean, I know yeah. he, he he's never one to do this. I know he's very loyal to the players he trusts. I mean, the fact that Mateus Click has played like chuffing seventy six games. He hasn't had a break, has he? For the past eighteen it's months, unbelievable how many games he's played in a row. He must be coming up on some kind of record. <laughs> it just shows how he's never been injured as well, Click, which is just bizarre. <laughs> I think he has. I think he's had minor ones, but he's just ran them off. You know, he's just kind of that type of player. He'll just he'll just because you can see him kind of lagging a bit sometimes, whether it's his tiredness or like a minor injury. But yeah, I would like to see Augustine get some minutes at the weekend. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask to give him give him the last ten minutes, especially if we're not winning. If we are winning like four 0 then yeah, just a Kim and Pervader on. Let's just see what they can do. So yeah, I would I would love uh, if we could give him a bit of a few minutes at the weekend. I'm not asking for Bamford to score two goals and then immediately be dropped because that's just insane. Despite you going on about them being tappings, <laughs> still <laughs> goals a goal. Yeah, I would like I would like them to get ten, say seventy five minutes uh, at the weekend, and we are. Two 0 up. Bring him on. Oh, but for two 0 down, then bring him on at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope we could, we can stop this going two 0 down, Lark. I'm not a big yeah. fan of it. Yeah, let, let's stop just giving the opposition a goal yeah, a can, goal can, head start. Can we can we just have a clean sheet? I, yeah. would, I would love a clean just sheet. Just a comfortable two 0 win. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing Augustine uh, play for Leeds United. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I mean, despite the majority of Leeds fans not knowing who he was at all probably last Thursday, <laughs> everyone seems to have just convinced themselves that Augustine is the man to fire us up into the Premier League. Well, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> English football fans are fairly ignorant when it comes to foreign football. I mean, a lot of them will claim not to be, but very few people watch every game in French football, every game in German football. <laughs> yeah. it's, people just don't watch it. People just stick to their own league. People don't even watch Scottish football, and that's on the same island we're on. So the idea that we, everyone's going to know everything about him before he signs is a bit ludicrous. But yeah. Yeah, and just because he's not, you know, a world a world renowned player does not mean he's not a good player that will do very well in the championship. Yeah, we've had a lot of unknown players that have come here and done absolute done an absolute job on the championship. Look at Timu Puki; he, <laughs> he came out of nowhere on a free transfer yeah. and scored thirty goals for Norwich. It does happen. Yeah, we, it does happen. We, we signed Luciano Becchio on a pre-season tour in Ireland, and he t- he turned up with his boots in his hand, and he went on to be, to be one of Leeds United's top ten goal scorers of all time. Yeah, so these things do happen. People do, and I'm not saying that. Augustine is that unknown, but un- 
players that don't have world renown can still be very good, especially in the championship. Because yeah. let's not delude ourselves. This is an awful league. It is an awful <laughs> it's league. It's a really awful league <laughs> full of really awful teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Augustin is a good player. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what he can do at Leeds United. Um, Marcel will be able to send his press conference on Monday, though. Uh, that's it for signings now. No more new arrivals. Of course, if someone leaves, then I imagine that will get replacement for them. But Marcel will be able to pretty much say no... No bigger, one's, no no one's bigger leave rivals. Oh, come on. <laughs> no one's going to leave. Yeah. Uh, but Marcel B. also pretty much saying in, in the press conference there's no, going to be no more arrivals, no no bigger rivals. Uh, thoughts on that? I'm satisfied. I mean, yeah. I, I, I won't go beyond satisfied because I would I wanted another a proper centre mid. Yeah, I mean, sure, it would have been nice to get a midfielder, get a centre back or a left back in, but, you know, we needed a striker. We needed a winger after Nketiah and Jack Clark left. We needed a goalkeeper because Kiko say could be banned for a lengthy time. And we've got those three players, so job done, really. You know, we wanted a striker and a winger. Those were the main things. I mean, fans weren't as bothered about a winger because we've got quite a lot of wingers. Despite, I'm sure this kid will be good, but we it wasn't as crucial. We needed another striker. We got another striker. That was the striker was the crucial thing which we needed. Yeah. The centre mid, I would have liked the centre mid because yeah. Farshaw seems to like, to be. You know, dead and buried. Forshaw and Roberts just never seems to be fit. And obviously, so. Rob, Rob, we got Roberts and Shackleton back fit now. They were on the bench. But how many games are back for? We, we, we need to I wait mean, and see. You can say that about Roberts. I think Shackleton's just had a bit of bad luck over the. Yeah. He's not constantly injured, Shackleton. He's just he's had a couple of a bit of patches of bad luck. Yeah. But he appears to be back now, and he came on for as a time wasting exercise in the last two minutes <laughs> against Millwall. Yep. But yeah, I would have liked him to centre mid. I wasn't as bothered about centre back because I think. Brady will be back soon, and Cooper appears to be all right. Ben White is never injured, so that's which is very fortunate. And we seem to be okay in that department. If only Douglas could uh, get himself fit, but that yeah. doesn't appear like it's going to be the case. But I think we're going to be okay. I would like to set him in. As I say, I'm satisfied what we've got. We've yeah. got a couple of good players, youth goalkeeper. That That is what the club said they were going to do. That's what they've done. Yeah, if, absolutely. If the club do what they say they're going to do, no one's going to get annoyed. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it does seem like Leeds United's transfer business is all done. Yes, it would have been nice to sign a few more players, but overall, I'm, I'm really, really satisfied with uh, the transfer uh, business Leeds United have done this month. So, yeah, the three, three arrivals this month. 18-year-old Italian goalkeeper Ellie Caprile from Italian side Chievo Verona on a permanent deal. 19-year-old forward Ian Pavedo signed for Manchester City on a permanent deal. And 22-year-old French striker John uh, Kevin Augustin on uh, sign on loan from uh, Red Bull Leipzig. So, yeah, three uh, good signings there, really. And, uh, yeah, really, really satisfied with the transfer business um, this month. Um, so, yeah, a number of big rivals for Leeds there. Uh, what about players leaving, though? So, as we discussed last week, the Yorkshire Post were reporting that Leeds United's two signings uh, for the youth teams from last summer, Guillermo Amor and Rafa Mujica, were both set to uh, were both set for a return to their native country, Spain. Well, one of them has left, 21-year-old striker Rafa Mujica, has joined Spanish side Villarreal on loan no surprise there he hasn't really done much at Leeds so he will be a, a great miss so uh, good luck to him um, over there in Spain uh, now let's uh, look ahead to Leeds United's next game Leeds taking on Wigan Athletic at Ellen Road this Saturday it's a 3pm kickoff. we all know what happened against Wigan Ellen Road last season what are you expecting for, for Saturday's game I'm expecting a red card because the last two games <laughs> we've played against Wigan they've had a man sent off yeah uh, so I <laughs> I mean, I'm expecting one of their Wigan players to get sent off, or probably one of our players, more likely. Yeah, Wigan are bad. Last season, they were, they were only anything they, decent they did was because of Reese James, who they no longer have, and he's back at Chelsea. Yeah. So they are they're just poor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really 
point out, you know, which one, what what player of theirs is, you know, a star player. They, they have, like, the likes of Jamal Lowe, who's a good winger, but they, they don't really have a standout player. They got player that who you Sam just think, Ballsy, they, as well. He's, he's all right. Yeah, but they don't really have a standout player. You think, oh, we need to watch him, we need to watch out for him. I, I think this is a completely winnable game, this. Um, of course, Wigan managed by Paul Cook. They're not doing great this season. They currently sit 22nd in the championship table in the relegation zone. Did they beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 at home in the last game Gary on Mungo Tuesday night? Match. <laughs> that was. was really funny. Uh, but that made it two wins and two defeats from their uh, previous four league games for Wiggins, uh, which isn't too bad there, I guess. Uh, they'll certainly be wanting to build on that window and climb away from that bottom three. Um, wh- what kind of game are you expecting for Wigan? Are you expecting a tough game? Are you expecting an easy ride? I'm never expecting an easy ride in, in, a, in a Legion United <laughs> game. First of all, I'd just like to say that Paul Cook is like the the championship version of Sean Dyche, just like a gravelly, balding yeah. man. I do like Paul Cook, though. I do respect him. I think... I've, I, he's not a great manager. He seems like a nice bloke. Yeah, he seems like a nice bloke that you want to go for a pint with. You, you could have a pint with Paul Cook. I don't yeah. think you could really have a pint with Bielsa. You'd have to have a glass of wine. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> no, a glass of water, more like. <laughs> no, I think Bielsa does like like a glass of wine. I know, but you know what Bielsa's like with fitness? of, of Not for himself, though. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see him running around and running track, do you? No. He, he just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably great at squats with him out on the, you know, the, uh, the the kind of Jeremy Kyle thing he does on the on the touchline of games. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> great description. Even if I say so myself. What kind of game am I expecting? Well, they're in the relegation zone. Points are as valuable to them as they are to us. They won't see this as a winnable game, so they'll see this as a free hit. The pressure will be off them. The pressure is on us because they're poor, and we need to we need to beat them. Yeah, obviously, we're going to go on to their strengths in a minute off who scored, as we always do. Yep, who scored.com. Uh, I'm expecting a lot of... They're going to be trying to win as many free kicks and as many corners yeah. as possible. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time around the edge of their box trying to get something going, <laughs> <laughs> like we always do when, yeah. when relegation teams in a relegation scrap console on road. They always sit very deep. Yeah. If they're smart, they'll try to hit us on the counter and they'll keep very deep with two backs of four because that's what Gary Monk does. Yeah. That's what people do when they beat us. They hit. They just sit deep, go for set pieces, hit us on the break and try to win the battle yeah. in the field. I mean, it's going to be a nugget game, isn't it? It's that, going to be a poor game. Yeah, it's going to be a poor game. That is that is the blueprint of how to beat a BLS team. Yeah. Just press high when you can, but when you can't, sit back, keep compact and obviously counter-attack. I'm, I'm expecting a very poor game. I'm yeah. expecting this to be... Yes, it's a one nil, a one one, a two one. Some, some, yeah. probably more likely a one nil. It'll be a one nil either way. Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but Wigan, uh, let's have a look at what who scored what uh, who scored dot com say about them. So Wigan's characteristics, so their strengths, they are strong at attacking set pieces, which is a worry because we're terrible defending set yep. pieces. Uh, but that's the only strength, though. That's the only strength. The weaknesses, they're weak at defending against attacks down the wing. They're very weak at finishing scoring chances. Very weak at protecting the lead, very weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, and very weak at defending set pieces. Um, Wigan style of play, so they take long shots, long balls, attempt crosses often, control the game in the opposition's half, attack down the left, play with width, play the offside trap, and they are aggressive. Um, I mean, they're not going to control the game in our half. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. That's not arrogance. They're just not going to do it. <laughs> no, no team in the relegation zone is coming to the road and controlling the game in our half. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, but they uh, don't look too good on whoscored.com, Which uh, well, if you can want, you, can you, you bring up leads on there? I want to see our strengths and weaknesses because <laughs> we're going about every other team every week. But 
I'm willing to bet our weaknesses are definitely defending set pieces. It must be. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look. We're very strong at counter-attacks, strong at attacking down the wings, strong at creating long-shot opportunities, strong at creating chances using through balls, and strong at creating scoring chances. Weaknesses? We're weak at finishing scoring chances. Yes, yeah, very weak. <laughs> weak at stopping opponents from creating chances. I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. We don't give away many chances. People are just really clinical against us. You'll agree with these, though. We're weak at aerial duels. Yeah. Weak at protecting the lead. I don't agree with that either. Mm, yeah. Uh, very weak at avoiding offside. <laughs> I don't really agree with that either. I do. Bamford's want, always offside. I want a single offside at the weekend, uh, not the weekend against Millwall, mate. For either team. Yeah. Even with Alioski playing, he's, he's almost <laughs> a guaranteed offside. But, um, yeah... We should, we should beat these, shouldn't we? Yeah, this we ha- should. This is a feeling when we said about QPR. <laughs> <laughs> just um, but Leeds, of course, go into this game sitting two points clear at the top of the league after that 3-2 win over Millwall in our last game. It's just important, as I say earlier, just to build on that win, build some momentum and get a really good run going. Um, of course, Leeds have already played Wigan this season. We beat them 2-0 away back in uh, August, August 17th, 2019. Uh, we have a good overall record. Against them, three wins, two draws and one loss from our past six meetings with them. But we all know what happened last season uh, when we faced Wigan at Ellen Road. We lost 2-1 to 10-man Wigan. I'm sure we're still all haunted by that. Um, Time for revenge here. That was so so painful. (laughs) Time for revenge? Yeah. Yeah. I really really want to pan them. For the the 10 of their fans that turn up, I really want to absolutely batter them. But I do think it's going to be... a a game of few goals. Yeah. It has a feeling of a game of few goals. Score prediction? I'm going 1-0 Leeds. 1-0. I'm going to go 3-0 to Leeds United. I reckon we'll do them. I reckon we'll do them. I'm going for a bit more of a conservative prediction than you, clearly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully Leeds United uh, do win uh, on Saturday uh, against Wigan. I mean, that does bring us to the end of episode 52 of the All Things League podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me in the studio. No worries, mate. And uh, thank you very much to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. Uh, we really do uh, appreciate it. <laughs> if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Share the podcast around. Uh, as well uh, help us out that'll mean a lot uh, make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media when Facebook, Twitter and Instagram search Paul Things Leeds on Facebook search Paul Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram keep up to date with everything that is happening subscribe to the YouTube uh, channel as well search All Things Leeds on there uh, I mean Charles we will be back next week uh, so for now take care and we'll speak to you soon